Welcome to the FinTV podcast series, where we tap into the collective expertise of the world's leading supply chain, manufacturing, and digital innovators. My name is Maria Villablanca, the co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, and I'll be your host. Join us every week to hear the opinions, lessons, and general guidelines from the industry's leading minds. FinTV, insights for today's digital leaders. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of FinTV. Today, we're joined by Dr. Anne Robinson, who is the Chief Strategy Officer over at Canaxis, one of the key sponsors that we work with. Uh, Anne, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe your journey so far? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, for about the last year and a half, I've been with Canaxis. Prior to that, I was a supply chain practitioner, like many of your listeners. I had uh, executive roles in uh, telecom as well as in high tech and retail. And prior to that, I was a uh, the type that they say stay in school. I stayed in school for a very long time, focusing on supply chain analytics, which is where I have my PhD. Oh, wow. So I guess let's start with a, a pretty obvious question, but how do you think you've seen the supply chain industry evolve over the last, I, I don't know, since you've been in it? It's been a, a fantastic journey. You know, when I started in supply chain, it really was heavily recognized as a cost center for an organization. So you tracked every little penny you made sure, and, and it is, it's, a, it's fundamentally a cost center. But over that time, as customers have become more demanding, the greater expectations of I want it, how I want it, when I want it, what it looks like, that has started in retail and really transcended into B2B, the expectations on the supply chain have changed tremendously so that it's a lot, uh, you know, much shorter supply chain, a lot more complex supply chain, and the last touch point before the customer. So many companies have recognized this evolution and are realizing that supply chain needs to have a seat at the company strategy table. It's been an incredible thing to witness seeing, you know, somebody I worked for as a, a chief supply chain officer evolve from being, you know, consulted or informed about a strategy sort of after the fact to actually providing input to guide that strategy for, for a large company. And how has that changed the, the way that a supply chain professional operates, you know, from being considered the cost center back in the day to now being so strategic? Uh, it's interesting. So I think a lot of people, the supply chain roles kind of had a bit of a bad rap. You know, it was seen as being almost data entry type of, of positions. You're uh, operating the, the plan for marketing, putting it into the computer and executing it to your supply plan. Um, that is no longer the case, even remotely when it comes to the supply chain role. The new supply chain professional needs to be somebody who understands the dynamics of a supply chain network. So really to be able to go all the way from the raw materials to that customer and whether you have multiple tiered bomb, whether you have multiple suppliers, whether you have uh, comp competing demands on the front end, you really need to understand your supply chain and the math of your supply chain. But you also need to understand the dynamics of your business because that availability of that product is so dependent on maybe a marketing campaign or a financial investment or a promotion plan, whatever is happening with that. So you need to understand the business of your products that you're planning as part of that supply chain. So you've got your 
your sort of supply chain skills and the, the supply chain analytics, at least an understanding. There's marketing and business skills to go along with it. And now we're also saying, okay, with that, you need to be able to communicate, have influence skills. Um, so those softer skills are also included. This is an incredibly different job than the supply chain professional of, of even 10 years ago. Well, it's exciting, isn't it? It's an exciting time. I mean, really and, exciting. And, and even during the pandemic right now, a lot of people are telling me that there is an opportunity for the supply chain leader to be even more influential in the strategy of a business because it's like everyone's talking about supply chain nowadays. What do you think of that? I don't think you can turn on the TV and not hear supply chain mentioned at least half a dozen times in a regular, you know, um, evening broadcast. So it's pretty interesting now that family and friends know, oh, so that's what you do. Um, yes, coming out of this pandemic, we're going to have to rethink our approach to supply chain. And companies that had the agility to respond to the situation and the resiliency of their supply chain demand are really the ones who are weathering this so-called storm um, the most effectively. And I, I think that's what we're gonna see. Those are the two big messages. You coming out of here and the conversation about supply chain risk and supply chain resiliency will be a board level conversation. The conversation about how agile and flexible your supply chain is will also be a board level conversation. And that chief supply chain officer with that CEO are using your strategies around both of those dimensions to inform your company direction. Well, let's talk about digital transformation because clearly that's something that was very important. Uh, we were speaking about that pre-COVID, now during the pandemic and after we've seen that it's such an important thing to, to focus on. But yet, it's funny how some supply chains are, or, or some businesses are struggling with uh, their digital supply chain. Why do you think that is? Well, any digital transformation can be daunting to begin with. Because you remember, it's going to just going through that process of uncovering what and where you should start looking at for opportunities to transform it's going to highlight a lot of potential rocks in your business. And so just realizing that, you know, some of the places where you may have been guided by seat of the pants type decision making are now going to have to transform. It may reveal some bad habits, some poor practices, and there needs to be a little bit of introspection as you go through and say, you know what, we need to make sure that we're, we're ready to evolve where we are and to start looking at, our supply chain or our business differently. But generally, the rewards outweigh those risks. And um, it's just having that confidence or maybe bravery to get started. And quite frankly, coming out of COVID-19, um, I don't know if it's an option anymore. Some of these digital transformations for companies to really stay strong is gonna be table stakes. You know, I think everyone that I talk to says the same thing, that it's, it's uh, um, it's imperative, you know, it's critical. I mean, those are the words that are being thrown about, yet you just hit on another word that is also thrown about, and that's daunting. It's, it seems like such a big prospect, whether you are already undergoing digital transformation or just started, starting or have only just begun, but how can one make it palatable? How can one make it relatively easier to do uh, and not so daunting? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that I'd ever go as far as saying it can be easy. But I think that you can be prepared for a digital transformation and not sort of do it 
I'll say on a whim, that's not quite a fair word, but to do it without thinking of it holistically. So what I've had success with in the past and continue to advocate for is really start with a well-established view of what that future could look like. And it doesn't need to be, we're going to change our whole business. It could be something smaller around, we're going to change the way we tackle supply chain planning. And it could be that piece of your organization and create that vision of the future. So I think as, as you know, at Kinexis, we speak to the network planner and this view that of a concurrent planning capability in the future, um, create that view and create that excitement around that view. And then commit to something. What value is it going to bring? When you are not um, necessarily talking the holistic, massive company change, but you're within a functional dimension of the company, you need to commit to something. You're spending dollars on this. What's the value that's going to come out, come out of it? And I tell people, don't be shy to be a little bit maybe optimistic in some of those numbers because it's really, really hard to quantify. We find that with our customers. Sometimes they don't necessarily want to sign up. And I can remember in my, in my most recent role, I did a massive digital transformation. And um, speaking with the marketing organization and looking at supply chain inventory, you know, they were, they were really reluctant to commit to anything except something we could probably have done as a rounding error. So we had to, to, to be a little bit gutsy and, and put some numbers out there that we felt might have been a stretch. But if you look at all of the different pieces of value that we were sure were going to come out of this process, that number, you know, across a composite of different angles was going to be realized. So make sure you have measurable pieces there. And then as you start creating this, this digital transformation opportunity, think about not a change management. To me, I repeat change management. I tell every engineering school, add a section on change management as it relates to people into your curriculum. Every engineer, every mathematician, every analytics, every business person needs to come out well-versed in the cha change management as it relates to us humans because we don't like to change. And um, so when you're thinking about a digital transformation, just transformation equals change. So we need to figure out how to bring people along. The people who are immediately involved or with whom this vision of hope relates to, uh, they, they naturally will come along or they're involved in the process. The ones that are often forgotten are the ones that are two or three steps away who will be impacted by the change, but not necessarily involved in building or creating the change. Those groups also need to be involved in the conversation. They need to be there in creating the assumptions that you're using to make sure that they agree or that they participate. So as you're looking at who needs to be involved, who actually should be part of your digital transformation team, it's often important to go beyond the, the immediate boundaries of your program and to bring in people from other areas from finance, from marketing, from sales, in the case of a supply chain transformation. Because not only in doing that, do you learn about what they're, how they're being influenced or impacted by the change, but you also start to create advocates that can go back out into those organizations and champion the change. Well, there's so many digital transformation projects that fail, right? Uh, mm -hmm. They fail because of the fact that they don't take people with them. They fail because there's adoption issues because they didn't take people with them. Some, what do you think of the fact that uh, most people seem to think that tra digital transformation is a technology question? 
Yeah, absolute mistake. Absolute mistake. It cannot, you know, it's great. I never think that the business should inform, no, let me say that a little differently, that the business should dictate the technology solution, right? In the sense that if I'm choosing a technology, I don't want to miss out on some of the capabilities because I'm so headstrong in how a process should be. However, it's not about just, it's not a solution looking for a problem, right? You want to understand what's the challenge to the business, what's the value that's going to be brought to the business, and based on that, then the technology uh, solution conversation comes into play. And do you think that a lot of the reason that some of these projects fail is because they're so fixated on the technology side of things and not the mindset or the change management or the people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's so paramount. You know, I guess I've learned a little bit the hard way um, by not necessarily engaging that full composite of people. My last big digital transformation effort, I, I was paramount on two pieces. And, and I think this is why we were not only reasonably on time or at least had transparency to our full timeline and on budget, but we got the adoption. And it was because of the involvement of change management, and learning and development. Now I was with a big company, so we had the benefit of having a learning and development person, but it was just one. Um, and those folks sat in on every blueprinting discussion. They took the initial technology training. They learned the solution and they helped us ensure we had the right stakeholder groups. We were speaking to the stakeholder groups in language that was relevant to them. And this was a retail transformation and if you think a retail employee may be a very different educational background, personality stage in their life than necessarily a senior executive in a, in a large company. So we needed this transformation to resonate from that level all the way up to the senior level. And it was through these, having these learning development who were creating the training, then with a, with a, you know, with a bigger group, creating a training that was relevant and resonated with each of those populations. So that focus on the human is so important as you go through your transformation, really from day one. So let's talk about the value. You, you, you keep talking about creating value. It, it also sometimes mm -hmm. appears to me and some of our members that, uh, some companies are so making so much noise and hype around uh, the technology, uh, AI, machine learning, and all this great stuff around uh, the digital transformation side of things without necessarily focusing on the business case or the value that can be derived. Um, how do you help organizations or what do you think of helping organizations really articulate the business case for digital transformation? Uh, no, um, so let me just give you a little bit of my background to qualify this answer. I grew up in the analytics world so much so that I was even as a, as many years ago, nearly a decade ago now, the, the president of the largest uh, global analytics organization. Um, but having said that, it was never math for math's sake, never ever. These are tools in a toolbox that you want to apply to drive value. So it's really understanding, and I say currency, but I don't always mean it in terms of money, but for each of the constituent groups involved, what is that pain point or what is that vision of hope that you are going to enable through this transformation? And then what's the right set of tools in the toolbox that you can use 
And yes, you know what? AIML is amazing and it can get you to some solutions for the right problems in faster, smarter, more cost-effective ways. Absolutely. You know, our self-healing supply chain does some super amazing things. That's really, really interesting application, but it needs to be for the right problem. So let's talk about what is it? What's hurting? Do you have too much working capital? Are your inventory levels through the roof? Are your forecasting errors propagating through your supply chain and causing problems? Do you need to go higher? Are you talking about revenue, talking about earnings per share? Let's tie that back to your supply chain operations and see what we can do through this process on what is going to impact that, those um, top-level metrics. So technology for the sake of technology is not the way to go. And perhaps, it's fun. Perhaps that, yeah, well, of course it is. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why projects fail, but equally perhaps one of the reasons why companies are daunted by the prospect of digital transformation because they think of the expense. Now, what do you think of those companies now, especially given that uh, budgets are getting tighter, you know, cash is getting, is getting tighter post-COVID? Uh, what do you say to them about the value of implementing digital transformation and how it can happen. You know, um, it's really challenging times and we all get that. Uh, I think the key is to don't boil the ocean. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily as grandiose. Do it in a phased manner, figure out where you're going to have the biggest impact. And sometimes, you know, like I said, some of this is going to be table stakes and you're going to have to bite the bullet to be able to get through it so that the future right now is uncertain for us. Um, there may be another wave of cases with COVID. We may see um, nodes in our supply chain go out of commission for amounts of time. We may see transportation lanes shut down and our supply chains need to be able to react. So you need to ask yourself, do you have the wherewithal within your supply chain to do that? Or are you just putzing around in spreadsheet kung fu, so to speak? And if you can't, then you need to do something. And there are solutions out there that can help you do it a lot better. And yes, it's going to take some money, but the resultant value, and quite frankly, for you to stay a dominant player in your space, it may be necessary. Well, I, I think there's there isn't much choice. I can't imagine companies right now. I mean, I love how you just put it spreadsheet kung fu. You're absolutely right. I am still surprised that the people that I speak with at very large companies who confide and say, you know what, we're still doing stuff in a spreadsheet and Excel. Mm -hmm. uh, some of our factories even still have paper. I mean, you know, imagine that. So, so how important is it really to to try to implement this this sort of technology? Yeah, I mean, if I again get away from technology and say, what are the characteristics that are going to make for a successful supply chain? It's going to be the ones that are robust enough to withstand these disruptions and then agile enough to respond. And if you can't meet your customer demand, guess what? They're going somewhere else. They're absolutely going somewhere else. Do you know, I had a, I did a podcast the other day with someone who was saying to me that uh, we need to realize that the old normal is gone. We now live, you know, fr from World War II onwards, we've had almost like a, a, a pretty smooth sailing, obviously with exceptions, but never at a global scale. We've had disasters in, located in regions. We've had disasters here. We've had mm -hmm. uncertainty there, but never sort of at a global scale like we had it, you know, during World Wars, right? 
what the, this person was saying to me that we're now living in a sort of disruption filled uh, future. So mm -hmm. you talk about disruptions and you talk about agility. Are there, for instance, um, sectors that are doing it better than others? Are there industries that are doing it better than others? Um, that's a good question, and I'm not sure that I would call out one industry over the other. I've seen some really agile solutions with companies that are rationalizing their SKU portfolio so that they can meet their customer demand. I heard a great podcast myself the other day, and a woman was there from a company called Western Foods, and they make... I don't know, breads and other such things. And they said the demand for bread had been so astronomical that they couldn't keep up. So they looked at their lineup and realized the changeover for raisin bread was, you know, took a significant amount of time because of allergen cleaning and so much. So they made the decision to eliminate raisin bread from their lineup and um, were able to be a, to deliver a lot more, produce them a, a lot more. But that's a lot more flexible um, supply chain in a sense than some of the others that are, are um, might be more rigid in their design. Um, I think we've seen many uh, high-tech companies pivot to start manufacturing respirators or other PPE to be able to support. And that ability to pivot, again, speaks to the ones that were most robust and resilient and, and agile in responding um, to the current situation. So it's not so much about the digital supply chain as much as it is, it is about the resilient supply chain, the agile supply I th chain. I think so. And the digital nature, this ability to have a digital twin, to be able to um, predict or at least craft a response uh, uh, to what could happen um, is you know, one of the things that uh, a digital twin affords you to do. And, um, one of the things we see many of our customers, if, if you heard the, the P&G story, we've, um, it was during a, a massive hurricane in the U.S. And, and they were able to anticipate, well, what if this happens and what if that happens and have a response prepared so that they were resilient enough in their response and managed to get through this when many of their competitors um, had uh, impact on their earnings calls, whereas they came through stronger than ever. So we have many examples of our customers who've been able to do that um, with the digital twin, with the ability to do scenarios, and then be able to do it concurrently across their entire supply chain. Do you know, one of the things that um, also I hear about is, again, going back <laughs> to the daunting element of mm -hmm. why uh, digital transformation is probably such a big thing. Uh, it's about the... Um, uh, choosing, you know, choosing what to do in a crisis, right? So right now mm -hmm. it appears that a lot of people have got crisis on their plates. They're very busy evaluating how they move forward. So what can you suggest or advise to companies that are busy managing the present, but still mm -hmm. need to prepare for the future, for the unpredictable future? Yeah, um, it's understanding, even in your existing infrastructure, what can you automate and where do you really need to engage as the human in the process? And automate as much of the mundane as possible with the checks and bounds in place so that you can really focus on exception management. I'd say that's one of the pieces, right? If you are still exhaustively going through the elements of your supply chain, it's probably unnecessary if you have the right checks and bounds in place. 
And then, um, so that would be the first one. And then the second is, again, you need to take a, a, a somewhat of a half a step back. I know that's a difficult thing for many leaders to say, to think about and look at your possible future. Start designing those playbooks so that you're prepared. You're prepared for a possible, you know, improbable future. Um, you try different elements. You look in different um, dimensions. Have those conversations ahead of time so that you're prepared when they do happen. You know, we're normalizing a little bit now, and I know that's not everybody, but I think through much of Asia, through much of North America, we're starting or getting close to, to, to normalizing. And so now is the time to look at your disaster recovery, look at your risk resiliency, try it out, practice it. Take the time to do this. And by ensuring that you have a robust plan in place, you're gonna be a lot more prepared and not have to be quite as, you know, in that every second, ensuring that something doesn't go off the rails because you're ready for it, whatever that happens to be. So it's the collaboration between technology and uh, people so that you remove all the mundane, repetitive tasks, maybe put the humans where we add the most value, right? Exactly. Uh, because there's a whole lot of data that's coming through, a whole lot of information that's coming through. Uh, you know, even before COVID, we were already, you know, living in this world that was very quickly changing. The pace of change is something that we've never seen before. Uh, the consumer demand or the way that consumers shop is having an impact across the board. Uh, so the future seems much more to be, you know, to be much more unpredictable than expected anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think, I think now it's, it's time for organizations like yours to be able to help companies transition to, to that next level so they could take advantage of things. Otherwise they will be left behind. So, okay. But, but apart from that, why do you think so many people are, resistant to it or maybe not resistant maybe why do you think people just uh why aren't they signing up left right and center for digital transformation um I, again i think it goes back to something i said to you earlier it's daunting you actually do have to take half a step back and are you prepared to do that right it's again a little bit around are you brave enough to say okay let's let's take half a breath so that we can Take a moment to assess where we are, assess where the gaps are, and figure out how we can do better moving forward. It's a difficult conversation to have, but certainly one that leading supply chains are having. You know, I was just in preparation for our chat today, taking a gander through the Gartner Top 25 or the supply chains to admire lists and seeing who has risen to the top. And all of these companies in some way, shape, or form have invested in their supply chain to ensure that they can have this next level of risk resilience, um, that they do have a stronger technology composite in their back end. Uh, and you're seeing that materialize in terms of their, their performance metrics, right, as companies. So, so yeah, start the dialogue or engage with company like mine or one of your favorite consulting companies to say, how do I get some clarity through this notion of digital fog? Help me get some clarity on what my options are and where my weak points are. There are experts out there who can help you, or don't be shy of academia either. There are some leading experts. You know, I, I was um, lucky enough to have uh, on my PhD committee a faculty member who at the time was at uh, the Technical University of Eindhoven. And if I, 
you know, they were a lot more applied in their education back at that point than some of the strategic work that was happening in the U.S. And, and he really guided me on what to do during that point. But he's an expert that's available to talk about supply chains and supply chain planning. And there are many across Europe, North America, Asia who have expertise and can help assess your supply chain and help you make those decisions about where to go next. So start the dialogue, start talking to people about uh, what problem you're going to solve, because you talk, you talk about that. I, I, I really took point uh, of that, which is the pain points, understand the pain points, have uh, the conversation with, the, with your business, try to do better. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. that's kind of the companies that are going to stay exactly. on top, is those companies that want to do better. I like your point about looking at those supply chains that have succeeded. They've invested in, in their supply chain. It's not about technology for technology's sake, but it's about uh, looking at the whole of supply chain and how you improve it. Yeah. The other piece I would say is don't approach digital transformation or the technology component of it as a black box. Okay. So, you know, there's these conversations or silver bullet for that matter, right? It's, yeah. it's not, it's neither, right? It doesn't need to be a black box approach. It is not a silver bullet. It, it needs to be the balance of the people in the process, the right vision, the right metrics. And then the next piece, I guess, that, I, that we didn't talk a lot about is that you need to challenge your processes. It's not a lift and shift of your existing processes and plunk them into a new technology and hope the world is going to be better. It's actually about looking at your processes and understanding how to evolve those again for the new normal, right? What does that need to look like? So no silver bullets, no black boxes, engage everybody across and then challenge your processes. And one thing that I've noticed and across my whole career is that um, when you go through one of these changes, the legacy processes were often, you know, evolved because of the former technology shortcomings. So yeah. you might have been missing something, and so you did something else because it was sort of similar enough, but by no means a textbook supply chain because you had to. So do not take all of that, you know, gobbledygook with you and bring it into a new view of your supply chain. Take the time, challenge your process, and leverage your chosen technology to its full capabilities. So, you know, I've spoken a little bit about this sort of our, our uh, concurrent planning. It's a different way to do supply chain planning, and it requires that the planner operates differently. If you lift and shift from a sort of linear siloed planning approach into a concurrent approach, you're not going to realize the full benefits. Um, one of our customers is a, a large European CP company, and they've, they've really challenged. They've created centers of excellence. They've brought in and created, you know, concurrent planning or network planning expertise within their shop so that they can involve the talent that needs to execute this at the end of the day. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I had a couple conversations with some people who confided in and sort of said quietly, that they were very unimpressed with the digital transformation or their boards had been unimpressed with the results from digital transformation. Uh, and that's probably come down to the fact that they were expecting it to be a silver bullet. And again, technology for the sake of technology, right? You know, let's implement yeah. this and all of a sudden we're going to be amazing. Uh, so it's not just people. We've talked a lot about that, the mindset, mm -hmm. the people, the change management, 
but the change management is also about processes. Uh, yes. Having the let me let me you know go back to one of the things you said. Having those difficult conversations. You know, what are we doing well? What are we not doing well? What are the pain points? Uh, and uh, what can we learn from it? So being humble enough, perhaps, would you acknowledge yes. to have the tough conversations? Yeah, I think humble. I think what I've been saying, brave, it's a little bit one and the same, right? To, yeah. to look at yourselves in the mirror and to say, okay, you know, we haven't been doing this as well as we could. And why is that? Or this isn't uh, what I've found also is supply chain is a science, right? There is a science to supply and demand and inventory. And you need to be fairly well versed in that science. And if you've had people that have grown up or come across different roles in a company, they may just not know about the science of supply chain. So ensuring the right level of education and awareness is one of the starting points for your digital transformation. And that could be as simple as just, you know, a, a one hour, let's get everyone together and talk about supply chain. And this is what the perfect supply chain, perfect supply chain looks like. And this is where we are today. And what sacred cows do we need to tip over? What processes do we need to challenge? to be able to get closer to our view of ideal. And that dialogue, it's amazing. People will have aha moments because they just didn't know what they didn't know. And they certainly can't be faulted for that. And, and I think, I, I think this, uh, what I'm going to take away from our conversation here, Anne, is, is the fact that as an organization, you guys are willing to help companies have those difficult conversations, not just push uh, a technology down people's throats Absolutely. for the sake of it. And I think that is just invaluable in, in these times, you know, when budgets are tighter, when people are, you know, so busy doing so many things, uh, you're going to have to have those difficult conversations and help them. Maybe perhaps maybe they're too close to themselves to even see some of those things. So uh, I would imagine that's something that where you guys bring a great deal of value. Lastly, because I'm sure we've, we're, we could talk for a long time, but lastly, what, what, um, any kind of advice you've given quite a lot, but any advice that you give to people that are right now struggling with digital transformation? If you haven't started yet, go for it. It's a really, it can be a, a lot of fun to be embark on one of these projects. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's, it can be daunting, but it may be the most rewarding experience of your career that guess what, has a huge benefit to your company, not just to your supply chain operations, but to your whole organization. So my first piece of advice is go for it. Um, the second is, you know, help, help your chief supply chain officer, or if you are the chief supply chain officer, help your CEO understand that the supply chain, more so now than ever before, is the last touch point before you engage with your customer, before they have that moment of truth, uh, seeing your product, touching your service, whatever it happens to be. And as a result of that, the supply chain knows a whole lot of information about the customer that can really be an enabler or a catalyst for the company strategy or forming that company strategy. So I think that's um, a really important aspect if it hasn't happened already. And then the third, really, as you go through, you're coming out of this pain, understand why. Why did you, where were the biggest boulders that caused the pain? Do you have a robust enough supply chain design? Were you able to flex fast enough to be able to meet a loss of a supply chain, a, a sudden surge in demand for one of your products and a complete evaporation 
of another? Were you able to do it? Understand the dynamics that, that caused those situations and how you, um, how you resulted, uh, your resultant behavior to those situations and think about what you could do differently. Um, there are many of us out there who are willing to help um, so I guess I'd be, I'd say don't, don't be shy to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter or through, through Kinaxis, and uh, I'd certainly love to hear what other people are thinking. I think I'll, I'll, I'll add to that and say that um, as daunting as the prospect may sound, as daunting as it may be, I don't think many companies have much choice uh, in order to weather the unpredictable future that is, well, the unpredictable present and the unpredictable future. Uh, lastly, I would also say that despite how big this prospect might seem, do it now because, you know, down the line, you don't know what's going to be waiting for you. So do it now. That's the advice. Absolutely. Right. Let's, let's take advantage, use this moment as a catalyst for change. And like I said, I believe that this change is going to be table stakes. So um, let's help get you there. Brilliant. Well, on that note, and thank you so much for joining us on FinTV. We appreciate you being here. No doubt we'll see you again at other things. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. Thank you. And for those of you all watching from home, we'll see you in the next episode of FinTV. Thank you.